following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. It's always a privilege to preach. It's a special privilege to preach the first message in a year. Um, and uh, normally we might make it about the coming year. And the Lord really already has, with his invitation to us this morning to come, and with the prophetic in, uh, acknowledgement that the reality is you and I were made for his presence. But we want to kick off this morning uh, a new series for the month of January called My Secret Life. And... Um, I, in particular, want to talk to you about a kingdom principle that I have understood for a number of years. Jesus came preaching the kingdom. In fact, he, he only used the word church a couple times. He used the word kingdom constantly. And he came to establish a new kingdom on earth. And that kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. It is almost in so many ways, it is opposite of the kingdom of this world. And so he did everything different. And he said everything different. And so those who heard him said, whoa, no man ever spoke like this. And there are principles in the kingdom of God. As surely as there is the law of gravity in the natural, there are laws in the kingdom of God that are absolute and they are many times contrary to the law of na nature and to the law of man. And I don't like, really they are laws, but I don't use that term because we've been set free from the law. So I'm going to use the term principle. There are principles in the kingdom of God. And you know them whether you know them or not. There is, uh, you know, there's a number of them. The principle of reciprocity. Which basically, and see, world religions come up with ways to explain these principles. You ever heard of karma? Well, there's a law, principle in the kingdom of God of reciprocity, which means what I give out, I give back. What I sow, I reap. Jesus said, whatever, if you judge, you will get judgment back. If you bless, you will get blessing back. And it is a principle in the kingdom of God. It is a reality. It, 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 it functions. And we can sometimes say, well, God did this or did that. No, he put in place a kingdom, and the kingdom functions under the principles of the kingdom. There's a principle of responsibility. There's the principle of small beginnings. There's a principle of unity. There's a principle of use. We all know this very well. You either use it or you lose it. It's a principle of the kingdom. Now that's one principle that we can see in the natural as well. How many of you know what happens if you stop using your muscles? And it's true in the spirit as well. There's a principle of miracles. There's a principle of perseverance. There's a principle of greatness. There's a principle of death unto life. There's the principle of reciprocity, which I also mentioned. But there's also, and this is what I want to talk to you about this morning, the principle of hiddenness. 
Jesus modeled that principle from his, the very day he was born. He was born in hiddenness. He was born in secrecy. Not only was he born in secrecy, his conception, it's a secret. Well, how did that happen? It's a secret. And he was born into obscurity. This king of kings and this lord of lords and in the kingdom of man, there would have been pomp and circumstance and celebration and all of that. And that did take place, but it took place in heaven, not on earth, because the kingdom of God is birthed in heaven, but it resides on earth. And one of the principles of that kingdom, Jesus was putting on display and Father was doing it through the uniqueness of his birth and it was the principle of hiddenness. All of heaven celebrated and that celebration kind of spilled over onto earth for just a minute. But it didn't spill over onto earth uh, to people who had anything of any importance to say. It accidentally spilled over onto earth onto some shepherd boys who nobody would listen to. Nobody would believe. No one would have any respect for them. But it's like heaven had to, I got to tell somebody. So... Who was who the most hidden persons that I could tell that we can still keep this thing hidden? And it was shepherds. And some kings and wise men from other nations that were stargazers and who had, uh, you know, read the writings of many people, including Moses. And there was just all of this this awareness of a king being born, and they caught glimpses of it, but it was still primarily hidden. And I believe God just used them to make that scripture real. The wealth of the Gentiles shall be brought onto you. I believe it was just a way to bless Joseph and Mary and Jesus as he's being brought up. They brought frankincense and gold and myrrh. But... It was primary, primarily hidden. And even Jesus, how many times did he say, go and tell no one? Shh, it's a secret. Why? Because secret things grow in the kingdom. What did Jesus say? He said, the kingdom of God is, is, is as if a woman took leaven and hid it in three measures of meal or wheat or flour until the whole lump is full of leaven. Jesus said the kingdom of God comes without observation. And so there is a hiddenness to the kingdom of God and there is a principle that the kingdom of God functions in and it is uh, a principle of hiddenness. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. We see Jesus putting this principle clearly on display. 
And it ties in this morning, by the way, with his invitation for us to come closer, for us to come to him. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1. You know these scriptures well, but I want you to understand them under the banner of this principle, kingdom principle of hiddenness. He said in another place, you know, a man plants a seed... And he goes to bed by night, and he rises by morning, and how it grows, he does not know. But first comes the blade, and then the stalk, and then the full ear. And that is the kingdom of God. And I think sometimes we want to try to make formulas of how things work in the kingdom and we don't realize that they work in hiddenness. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Take heed that you do your charitable deeds do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they might have the glory of men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. I want you to notice that the focus, and we're going to go through, there's three of these. I'll tell you, we'll just fast forward and I'll tell you what it's all about. It's about our, our good works, it's about our prayer, and it's about our fasting. And Jesus' exhortation is, do it in secret. His invitation to us this morning to come to him, I'll tell you where you'll find him. You won't find him in the clamor and the noise. You'll find him in the secret place. That's where you'll find him. Even as we heard prophetically this morning, his voice is still called a still small voice, but it's just that it's still and small compared to all the other noise that goes on in our lives. I realize we are living in a day where there is quite an emphasis on keeping almost nothing hidden, even putting a little picture of what you had for dinner on Facebook, and it's like, really? And putting, you know, pictures, and, and I've discovered if you hold your mouth like this, that means you must be having a good time. But you know what? It's really easy to hold your mouth like for a short time. And I'm, I'm, I'm not picking on all that. Well, maybe a little. But I just want us to understand it's countercultural. Because there is such a desire to put everything out there. And the principle of the kingdom is keep a secret. In fact, I entitled this message, Can You Keep a Secret? 
See, if you can keep a secret, then God won't. I'll say that again. If you can keep a secret, then God won't. In this whole thing of hiddenness, we need to understand it is applicable both to having fellowship with light and having fellowship with darkness. In this principle of hiddenness, if I have fellowship with light, sooner or later it's going to show up out in the open. If I have fellowship with darkness, sooner or later it's going to show up in the open. That's what Jesus said. Now obviously this morning our focus is on our fellowship with light. It is, our, it is that intimacy in the secret place where no one knows but our Father. If you're here this morning and you're married, I want to encourage you as husbands and wives to give each other the freedom and the liberty to have a secret life with Jesus. I want to encourage you as husband and wives to send each other to your room. Go to your room. I mean it. By that I mean give each other space and freedom to hang with God in the secret place. Well, let's read about that and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. You see, it has everything to do with intimacy. So that's verses 1 through 4 has to do with our good deeds. Can you keep a secret? We're living in a day when there's a great emphasis on the testimony, and rightly so. I think it's very powerful. But I believe there's also some very uh, good power in hidden testimonies that no one knows and that we protect and make sure no one knows. And this is part of what Jesus is saying. Why? Because if you put it out in the open, your reward is instant and it's from man. If you keep it hidden, it's like a seed that's growing or like a leaven that's in a lump. And the reward of that, which is a heavenly reward from the Father rather than an earthly reward from the accolades of man, is way different. The Bible says, signs and wonders shall follow you. And sometimes we get so caught up in how close they're following. Go about your day. Go about your business and let them follow as they will. But don't try to keep track of it. And sometimes we can get so wrapped up, I hope they're following fairly close, close so they know who did it. Oh, I'm sorry if I stepped on your toes. 
prayer. Verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by the men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in the secret will reward you out in the open. There are two people. You remember this hidden Jesus we were just talking about? That was supposed to be a secret? There are two people who already knew the secret. And the minute they saw him, they knew it was him. And it was Anna and Simeon. And where did they find that out? In the secret place. And how were they rewarded? Simeon got to hold him. And dedicate him to the Lord, so to speak. And celebrate with the baby Christ Jesus in his arms. But he had seen for years, the Bible says, Simeon and Anna. Unrelated to one another. Except by the Spirit. But they understood, I believe, this principle of hiddenness. And so they recognized Jesus. The hidden one. You see, this thing of prayer and this thing of doing good deeds in the name of God and this thing of fasting, which we may or may not get to, but it's basically the same thing. It's about intimacy with God. And we understand, those, in, those of you who are married in the room, understand that the intimacy between a husband and a wife is very, 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 very precious. And it's very, very, very private. And because of that, it's very, very, very pure. But if the privacy is compromised, the purity is lost. And the preciousness to a degree is lost. And so it is, and this is what this principle of hiddenness is all about. It's all about, can you keep a secret? Can you live as a walking secret? Can you answer the invitation by, that came to us this morning prophetically through a couple of different prophetic voices that basically said, this is where you belong, in my presence. Can you spend time there? Can you keep a secret? It's very important 
because it's a kingdom principle. And the fruit, see, what is done in secret produces fruit. Whether it's fellowship with light or fellowship with darkness, it produces fruit. That's the principle of the kingdom. And it isn't like God does anything other than put in motion the principle. I think sometimes we plant, have you ever, in the natural, have you ever planted a seed and got impatient with nothing showing on the surface and so you dig it up only to destroy the process that was at work? That's the principle of hiddenness. Except a seed fall to the ground and die, it by no means can produce fruit. I want you to consider the weightiness in the room right now. There's an invitation from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. to develop a hidden testimony, a secret place, intimacy with God that no one knows about. My wife is a journaler, <clears throat> and when she gets to the bottom of the page, she writes smaller and smaller and smaller. And jokingly, I've said, honey, I'll buy you another tablet. We can afford, <laughs> we can afford paper. <laughs> but you know what? It isn't about that. And you know what? She'll leave those, those things laying around or in her room. Usually that's where she meets with the Lord, in our room. But I don't read it. I'm very intentional to make sure I don't read it. Because that's hers. And that's her secret life with her Jesus. And I, I don't know how to explain it other than to say I feel like it would be sacrilegious. It'd be like touch. See, this is really what Jesus was talking about when he said don't th throw your pearls before swine. It's like it's something so precious and so sacred between her and her Lord. I know that because sometimes, I'll tell you a little secret. I catch her crying, and I didn't do it. <laughs> and it's something that is so precious that to invade it in any way is so wrong. Because it's hidden. And it's her secret place with her Lord and Savior. And I would never want to violate that. Mine is even more secret because I don't write it down. <laughs> That's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. <laughs>
Father, we thank you for your love for us. And we thank you for the invitation into the secret place. We thank you for the invitation into that place where only you and we know what is said, what is exchanged in spirit to spirit, Father, give us a grace to press into that place. Help us carve out the time. And I'm not even convinced it needs to be a lot of time. It's more about the effort and the encounter. Do it, Lord. Draw us into that place. Help us. Help us to spur one another on in households or in families or whatever to just get in the secret place. Go to your room. <laughs> May that take on a whole new connotation. Just go to your room. Just breathe in the Lord's Gentleness, softness, love, wooing. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your grace in our lives. And thank you for your desire to be with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.